it's usually between four to five hundred dollars a month cash flow after everything. So it's a little more cash flow there, but kind of the same thing. Appreciation, mortgage pay down, boring. That's kind of the strategy we're going with that. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey investors, it is Sarah Larby and welcome back to another episode of the Where Should I Invest podcast. I hope you are all enjoying this beautiful weather outside and taking advantage of it. Today's guest is none other than Matt Pichet, who's also known as the Fruitful Investor. He eats a lot of fruit, as if you follow him on Instagram or YouTube, you are going to hear all about that piece. Now, Matt is a real estate investor, but he's also a realtor. He specializes actually in the Kitchener-Waterloo area. And after high school, he finished his apprenticeship as a carpenter and started his own business renovating properties for real estate investors. And the, the more he helped local investors renovate their properties, he noticed that they all had one major complaint. That is that they couldn't find a real estate agent that specialized solely in real estate investors and helping them with the cash flow, with the goals, the numbers, and whatever else specific needs that they had. So after some persuasion from his clients, he actually decided to jump in to become a expert realtor who specializes in helping investors. And so he actually went from broke carpenter at 20 years old to owning 23 properties today by the age of 30. And, you know, that is really cool. He's got a great story. He likes to share also how he's been able to do that. And a lot of it is joint venturing and having somebody else pay the down payment, the mortgage, hold the mortgage. So he is a great, great investor finding amazing partners and helping them as well along the way to become wealthy. So super, super excited about that, guys. And um, check out Matt's YouTube channel, which is The Fruitful Investor. He's also on Instagram under Matt Pichet and also has a few podcast episodes that he's done, a few books as well. So super excited to have him on the show. And guys, if uh, if you like the episode, if you wanted to leave a rating and review, that'd be awesome. And thank you to you if you sent me an email recently. I love connecting with the listeners and you guys and helping you reach your goals. So without further ado, let's get on with the podcast. Good morning, Matt. How are you? Good, you? Good, good. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Super excited to have you on the show and I've seen you speak, I've heard you speak before and definitely share a lot of knowledge. So I'm, uh, I'm super excited to, uh, to be able to share with my audience as well, all of the great insights that you have. So welcome. Great. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. So before we get started, can you let us know a little bit about you and what you're doing? Yes, yeah, so I'm investing in the Kitchen Waterloo area. I guess a brief background about who I am. Uh, I started off as a carpenter right out of high school. I did my apprenticeship and then I quickly realized that I didn't want to be employed for the rest of my life. So I started my own business, renovating properties strictly for real estate investors. And the more and more I helped uh, real estate investors kind of renovate their properties, they all had the same request. They said, I wish you were a real estate agent. The realtors I'm working with in Kitchener-Waterloo don't specialize in investors. They don't know exactly what they're doing. Uh, it would be great if you were my realtor. 
So I kind of thought, you know, well, I hate doing backbreaking labor. So it was a perfect fit. I was already obsessed with real estate investing. I already bought my first property at age 22. So I was already surrounded by these people. And I thought it'd be great to work with them on a closer level. So I quickly finished my real estate license. I banged through it in like four months, got my license and kind of the rest is history. Very cool. So now you have about 23 properties under yeah. 30 years old. I want to say congratulations to that. Yeah, and, uh, a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, so what, what's the strategy of real estate that you're doing right now? So mainly when I started off, it was only single family properties. That's really what I specialized in is what I marketed myself as was a single family expert. Those are great for me and my lifestyle because they're super easy, super boring. They attract the highest quality tenant in long-term real estate in my view. And that's really what I was building kind of my bread and butter on my wealth. Now recently we're doing more flips, we're doing more duplex conversions, especially now that single family is getting a little tougher. The Kitchener Waterloo duplex conversions are ample amounts, so we have a ton of those to choose from. So we're kind of doing everything right now, flips, multifamily, duplex conversions, single family still, still a great avenue. So we're kind of branching out a lot more now, which is great. Very cool. So I'm wondering, how does somebody go to one to two properties to 23? And I'm yeah. sure a lot of people are, are also asking, are you financing these all by yourself or are they JVs? How does that work? Yeah, great question. So a lot of people say, how do you buy so many properties? In Canada, most of us get tapped out at around three to four properties. That's when the banks start saying no more. doesn't matter how much your income is or how good your credit score is. It's very tough to get more than four, three, four, five. So what you need to do is join venture partnerships, in my mind. It is by far the most important thing to really scale your real estate investing business quickly. And that's exactly what I did. When I started off, I had a lone wolf mentality. I can do it all on my own. I don't want to share with people. I'd rather just be in control of everything. And that kept me really small. I only owned one, two, or three properties for the first four years of my investing career. Then when I realized and flipped the switch that I need partners, finally, I need to start doing this thing. And that's when the business really started growing. My wealth grew way quicker because as I would say to clients or partners who are interested in doing uh, JVs is 50% of something is better than 100% of nothing. So getting partners in is a great way to really scale your business and build your authority, build your brand to then attract more joint venture partners. And it just becomes a snowball. I would have never thought that by the age of 30, I would own this many properties, but it really is a snowball. Once you own one, two JVs, people start thinking, hey, you have success with this person, I'm going to come in and so on and so on and so on. It just keeps coming. So it's a really great way to scale your business quickly. That's really cool. I mean, like you said, it's better to get 50% of something than 100% of nothing. So how many properties did you have before you started JVing? Before I started JVing, I think it was three three properties. That's it. And I was tapped out. I had no more money, no more credit. I couldn't qualify anymore. So I would have stayed there forever almost. It would take me so many years to refinance those 10 years later to buy something else. But when I brought the JVs in, it just grew very quickly. So how did you find the first JV partner? Yeah. So every single partner I've ever attracted has come from YouTube. So a lot of people get a little freaked out by that. They're like, no wait, how's that possible? Social media marketing and online marketing has been by far the biggest catalyst to my growth. And like I said, YouTube is my best marketing strategy to attract joint venture partners to me. So they already have an idea of what you do. They already know that you're credible. You're not just a random person just showing up one day and gone the next. So exactly. how, long did, how long did it take to, to get that? I mean, obviously starting a YouTube channel takes a lot of time. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Walk us through that whole process. 
Yeah, so the intention of even starting a YouTube channel or online marketing wasn't even for joint venture partners. It was to build my real estate agent business. I was young, I was like 23 years old, 24 when I started as a realtor. I had to separate myself from the other old timers who were in real estate as agents for 30, 40 years and they were just doing the old bench signs, bus ads, setting on flyers. I didn't have the budget for that when I was starting off as a realtor. So I knew I had to do something different and being younger, I knew that you know, social media, I grew up with social media when I first, first started with like MySpace. So I could see the trend coming and I knew that maybe I should go on social media, do blogging, write books, etc., and become an online authority figure to build my real estate agent business, which was great. That worked really well as well. But what started happening is people started saying, why don't I just partner with you? You know, you do all these videos on Kitchener Water, the real estate, how to do single families, how to do duplex conversions, etc. You know what you're talking about. How about I just give you my money and we'll do something together? I thought, that's, that's insane. I can't believe this is happening. Once I got one, two partners from that, then I just doubled down. It was like, I really got to focus on targeting partner attraction through online marketing. And then when I really doubled down, that's when it just started growing so quick. Very cool. Now, sometimes I get asked by different people, okay, let's JV. And sometimes they're not the right partners and sometimes they are. And so I, I'm in the process of doing two right now of my own with two different JV partners. But I've also said no many times because- having the wrong people for like five years or eight years or however long that is, that could actually be worse. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> so how do you vet your JVs and what do you look for in JVs? So I look for someone who wants passive investment. You know, the majority of my partners are from the GTA. So they want to invest in something cheaper that makes money in Kitchener and they just want a hands-off experience. And that's the type of marketing I do. It's direct towards that person. So once you learn, I guess, how to do online marketing, you learn little tricks it's very targeted to a specific person so that I don't attract the person who's going to be on my case all the time and trying to know everything about everything, which does happen. You get some of those as well. But most of my partners that express interest just want hands off. They see me renovating properties on YouTube. They see what our property is going to look like. They know the whole picture before they even call me. And when they finally raise their hand, they just say, I want it. I see what you're doing. You know, you're traveling the world. Thanks to real estate. You do all these cool things. I want that too. Here's my money. Let's go. And that's kind of how it's been working out so far pretty well. Amazing. And so how many joint venture partners do you have currently? This time around 10 to 12. So a lot of them buy multiples with me, but I think it's around 10 to 12 partners in total right now. So what kind of update do you provide your partners? Yeah. So it's basically every quarter, every six months, I'll just check in because my property managers always send us invoices um, every month. So that's a good way. Just I pass that off to them as well every month so they can see the rent was deposited, et cetera. They know everything's boring and good. And then every six months or so, when my property managers go in and change the filter and inspect the property, the furnace filter, that's a good opportunity for me to just pass that email along and say, hey, property managers went in, everything looks good, tenants are still there, the house is in good order, et cetera. And then we do a big check-in around this time of the year, around tax time, when I send all the financials and our bookkeepers settle everything. That's kind of when we talk about how things are going a little more. Okay. So that's interesting. So I'm looking at one right now and I love burrs as you probably know, yeah. and I like to refinance. What strategy for somebody that's looking at putting some, some money into the renovations, refinancing, are you doing like a five year hold? Are you doing an eight year? How are you structuring the time frame on that? Yeah. So the JVs are, there's no like dead set date in the JV that we must sell by August, 2024 or whatever. But I tell my partners, generally we're going to keep this for around five years. That's the expectation. So in five years from now, if the market is really hot, we'll sell it, we'll make a profit. If the market is really crappy, 
we're not going to stick to that five-year timeline. We're going to probably wait until year seven, year eight, but it's a minimum really of five years. But obviously, if something happens in their personal life where they need to sell, they get divorced or something personal, obviously, I'm going to respect that and we'll have to just sell it. But generally, it's a five-year commitment. Where should I invest with your host, Sarah Larvey? We'll be right back. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buying my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself, and she's works with many, many investors. And she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now, and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders, and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis, it was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com. And then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at one 800 208 Six two five five. Thanks for listening and back to the show. Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people have the five year mark. And then I was talking to somebody and they're like, eight years is usually a little bit better. I used to do five yeah. years. But I guess it's it's all to their own, right? And yeah. and how you want to structure that. Now, what about the cash flow? How are you sharing that and how often? Yeah. So technically we both get fifty percent of all the profits. However, with the properties we're buying and most of our properties, we're putting all of the cash flow all back into the property's bank account every single month. So we're actually not splitting the profit every single month 50-50. Because what can you do with like a hundred bucks each or seventy-five dollars each every month? It's pointless. So we'll just bank all of that money in case there's something in the future. In case the tenants leave and it's like a month layover, we have some money. We're building reserves every single month. So I don't have to look stupid and go to my partner every six months and say, I need more money to do this. We're building that, that profit every single month. And then at the very, very end, we'll party and split all of the money that we ever made. <laughs> Much easier that way. Yeah, absolutely. I know that's a great system. Now, in terms of cash flow and calculating that, 
Do you want to walk us through a little bit? Cause you mentioned you've got a, a property manager, so you probably estimate a portion of that. You probably estimate yeah. a portion for maintenance, et cetera. How are you calculating that on your end? Yeah, so my property managers charge 5% of the rent because I have so many properties with them. And my main partner is actually the owner of the property management company. So we get a good rate. So we're doing 5% of the rent. And then for maintenance, it's 5% of the rent as well. So I give to my clients and partners. But like I said, all of the cash flow goes back in. So it's pretty much all maintenance and vacancy funds. And we're just banking all that cash flow every single month. Very cool. So now you're the active partner. So you're going to go out, you're going to find the property. I guess the the nice thing is you can let yourself into these properties as well. (laughs) Being a realtor, right? And are you, so you're coordinating, I'm assuming as well, the renovations, the tenants. Well, I guess the tenants, once you pass Mm -hmm. on to the property manager, maybe not so much, but is that, is that the case? Yeah. So I do all of the running of the business. So I find the properties, I manage my crew. I have a whole crew that pretty much renovates our properties all year long between my clients' properties and ours. We keep them busy. So I'm managing them the whole, uh, for the whole initial renovation. I'm finding the tenants usually the first time, and then my property manager will take over after that. I manage the bookkeepers, the accountants, the lawyers, et cetera. And then when we sell it five years from now, I don't charge commission on my end either. So we're only paying 2% um, at the very end. So it's another little incentive that I give to my partners. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great. So do you also ever look for off-market? properties? Yes, definitely. So we're always looking for off market. I do a lot of flyers and marketing for that, but that is mostly for flips. So we're doing, when we find an off market deal, it's usually to flip it. We've done one duplex conversion from an off market deal, but most of them are are generated for flips. When we're doing the buying holes, they're just on the the market. We can find great deals all the time for multifamily or duplex conversions. So it's pretty abundant that way. Very cool. So just out of curiosity, because I don't know the Kitchener market as much. I think that's where you are in Kitchener, Waterloo. Yeah. What is uh, an ideal property that you usually buy with a JV? What does that look like? Yeah, so the classic single family, the sweet spot is between 340000 to three seventy-five, And that's usually a semi-detached property. That's the ones that I do over and over and over again. My Pretty much most of my portfolio is semi-detached single family properties. They're very easy to find tenants. They're very easy to renovate. And there's a lot of them uh, in this area. And then if we do like a duplex conversion, we're buying those usually around the $400,000 mark putting in sixty dollars to $80,000 to convert it. And then it's usually worth five fifty, five seventy five dollars when we're done to refinance and pull some money out. Okay. So are you looking mostly at like the mortgage pay down, bringing up the value like versus cash flow? Because I'm assuming with a 375000 single family property, yeah. your cash flow is what? So like you mentioned, maybe 75 bucks a month, give or take? Yeah. So the cash flow on a basic single family is between $100, $150 a month after property manager, like after everything. Usually around $100. Okay. So yeah, we're not going crazy with that one. So we're just banking all of that. So the main thing with the single family route is mortgage pay down in terms of consistency because the tenants are high quality. It's always getting paid down. And then appreciation on the single family route. On the duplex conversion, it's very similar, but a little more cash flow on those when we're, when we're done converting it. It's usually between four to $500 a month cash flow after everything. So it's a little more cash flow there, but kind of the same thing. Appreciation, mortgage pay down, boring. That's kind of the strategy we're going with that. Now, do you refinance, for example, after two and a half years, three years, if your property value has gone up quite a bit? Yeah, if we, if we can, we definitely will to pay back the partner some money. On the duplex conversions, we always refinance right after the renovation, after the conversion. So about two months after we buy it. And then the multifamily is kind of the same thing. We'll wait when it's right. Okay, awesome. That's great. So you're doing a lot, it sounds like. How are you managing to do your job as a realtor, your real estate investing? Like, and I'm sure you've got tons of stuff for your YouTube show. Yeah. 
how are you managing everything? <laughs> crazy. It's, it was crazy for a number of years. I finally just hired a social media guy. I guess he edits all my videos, posts them, schedules them, my podcast, etc. So that's nice. That's freed up a lot of time. And then my partner, Rachel, she does all the property finding for myself and my clients, which is great. So my focus right now is pretty much as the CEO of the business to do the marketing, the branding. That's what I focus on the most now, working with the clients every single day on a daily basis. So it's freed up a lot of time, finally. For the past couple of years, it's been insane. I've been doing all of that myself, but it's great to have help, finally. <laughs> Absolutely. So what's next for you? Not really sure. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think I'm going in the direction of coaching. That's kind of what I'm doing a lot of now with coaching calls and releasing courses. I like that a lot. So I think in the near future, that's probably the direction I will go. Maybe doing more flips on my own as opposed to just being kind of 100% full-time real estate agent, which I absolutely love but doing more flips, have a, another side income consistently. And now that I'm building a team, it would be, be much easier to manage all the baskets at one time. So I, I think I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing. I think I'm on something really good, but in the distant future, I think coaching is definitely something I'll be pursuing. Not only real estate investing coaching, but life coaching, business building. So we'll see. Very cool. Now, I think it was you on social media and you recently were on a, a vacation to Costa Rica. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and you're also known as the fruitful investor. So I want to talk about just your, your lifestyle and, and what real estate has been able to bring you. And then yeah. also you branded yourself and I want to talk about that. So pick one. <laughs> <laughs> so the fruitful investor came about because I love eating a fruit based diet. So I'm a, a plant, whole food plant based diet. I really believe in that for general health. That's what works really well for me. And how my name came about was I was at a meeting and I was eating bananas like I always do. <laughs> and someone came up to me and said, every time I see you at these meetings, you're always eating fruit. And I thought, man, branding myself as something around that would be amazing. And the fruitful investor just popped in my head. I was like, I got to use that. It was kind of been going from there. And then the whole lifestyle kind of revolves around being in the tropics, traveling, eating an abundant amount of fresh fruit. So that's kind of how the name and the branding kind of took place. Very cool. Awesome. That's great. So what has real estate brought to you and how has it created a different lifestyle than maybe 10 years ago? Sure. So the biggest thing for me is freedom and being able to travel where we want, where we want. That's really amazing. You know, I never traveled until about age 26. That's only the first time we ever left Canada, which I thought was terrible. But now that we have this freedom lifestyle with real estate, we're traveling a lot. I three to four times a year, two weeks each. We're going somewhere cool like Hawaii, Costa Rica. We're going to Bali in the next uh, month and a half. Really looking forward to that. We're going to Italy in September, Colombia in January. So going to all these cool places. And that's really why I do real estate investing. It's have freedom to enjoy my life. That's amazing. And now is your wife as well into real estate investing the same as you? Yeah, exactly. So she finds all the properties and she's also the one who kind of managed the renovations in terms of the color schemes, the flooring type, all of that, uh, which she loves and is very good at. So it's a great team to work together. That's nice. Yeah, it's always great to see when a husband and wife team are in the business yeah. together and are plugging away and just uh, really just growing together. That's awesome to see. Yeah. So if somebody's starting out, what recommendation, if they want to go from one to two properties to, to 23 plus, what recommendations yeah. would you give them? Number one thing I say to everybody and I say it all the time on all my social media channels is specialize. So when you're starting out, especially pick one specific niche and one specific area. So if you're doing multifamily properties in Hamilton or single family properties in Boston, whatever it is, that's all you do. That's all you talk about. That's all you blog about, do videos about, et cetera. 
you really become that person, that go-to person, and you'll see yourself attracting people because people want to work with experts. They don't want to gamble their money or feel uneasy about it. They want to work with someone who they know they can have success with over and over again that they've already had success with, and you're going to build your business very quickly that way. Once you become kind of bored or you build your business, then you can start venturing to other cities or other types of properties, et cetera. But really, really focus on one thing at the beginning and it'll work out really good for you. Awesome. Great advice. What is the top two or three mistakes that you see the newbies making when they're starting out? So kind of the opposite of that, which is going insane and trying to build their empire too quickly. They're buying properties in another city, three hours over there. They're buying a property three hours over there across the country in a, in a different country, et cetera, too early. So really focus, build your business, build the brand, and then uh, it'll kind of take care of itself. Because if you have realtors and property managers in every single city, you're going to find yourself working uh, in your business rather than on your business. So if you're just too busy, you know, every day talking to property managers, talking to realtors and keeping your empire going instead of really focusing, building a system, building a team where you can just focus on getting more money, more joint venture traction, more branding, etc. That's your job as the real estate investor. It's not really about real estate anymore. It's about branding and becoming the expert. You do real estate investing, but your number one priority is a marketer. Absolutely. Very well said. Very awesome. So the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So you're going to have a series of five questions and Everybody actually gets the same one. So you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. All right. Answer them with first answer that comes to mind. Number one, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? Don Campbell, for sure. Real Estate Investing in Canada 2.0. That's the one that really started off for me. It's a classic. Yes. Love that book. Absolutely. Number two, what is your favorite podcast? Podcast, Tony Robbins and Sarah Larby. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Robbins is good as well. Yeah. Number three, what is your favorite pastime? So what do you do for fun, Matt, when you are not doing anything real estate related? So traveling and making travel videos. That's something I really love doing is editing videos for memories and it helps with the marketing as well. Absolutely. Question number four, if you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? I would do the same thing I'm doing right now. So just putting out content, becoming an expert and starting all over again. <laughs> all right. And last question, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend they spend it? So if you have $50,000 in my area, you're probably not going to be able to buy something very big. So a good way would be to buy a duplex and live in one unit and rent the other. It's a great way to get in cheaper. You can get in with only 5% down. So it might only cost you about $20,000. But that's a great strategy. If you're just starting out, you're young, live in a duplex and start scaling it that way. Absolutely. There you go. House hacking. Awesome. Yes. Thank you, Matt, for playing our lightning round. So if listeners wanted to reach out and know more about you, where can they go? You go to my YouTube channel, just type in the fruitful investor in YouTube, you'll find me. And then on my Instagram at Matt Piche, you'll find me there too. Perfect. And any last words of advice or anything else that you would like to let the listeners know about before we, uh, we part ways? Yeah, just take action. Everybody thinks too much, I think, without taking action. Be decisive, take action and do what you're going to say, do what you want. It's the only way you're going to get the lifestyle that you want. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for being on Where Should I Invest? It was great having you. Thank you for your insights. And guys, check out his YouTube channel, his videos on Instagram. I mean, it's, uh, it's very inspiring to see the life that you've created. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? 
I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And, you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.